Welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. And so Amy, today I thought maybe we would do a show, so a, a little bit of an update on the new Google cat uh, Google categories, look at me, Amazon categories, and then also talk about some new thing that I think Amazon is launching. Um, and then also, but I wanted to start off by mentioning, by the way, how are you doing today? I'm good. I, I like these news shows, honestly. Yeah. Well, we don't do them enough. And I think that it's really worth because so much stuff is for some reason, and you know, we're recording this in August. The summer months tend to be slower months for new stuff. I mean, generally, but it doesn't feel like any month anymore in the world that we live in is a slow news day, right? It just feels like everything's happening all the time. But I'm reading this book. I'm actually listening to this book, which I love my audible books. Um, And the book is The Science of Attention Span. And I love geeking out on stuff like that. But they talked about how it only the AI algorithm on any social media site is so smart that it only takes 300 likes to get to know you better than your spouse, sibling, or life partner or parent. And by that they mean, and let me explain this, by that they mean liking 300 different posts, right? Um, Amy, what do you think about that? I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, the you know, the instant cynic in me is like, well, what about, what about, you know what I mean? But either way, I mean, the main, I don't doubt at all that these algorithms are smart enough. I think they could probably pick out a better birthday present for me than a lot of people in my life, for sure. So when it comes to retail, you know, I think that's spot on. I think to some degree when it gets to the more, um, there's other topics that I think it really depends on how people, individuals are using social media, you know, what they use it for. Yeah. You know, there's some people that are, that strictly use it for, um, you know, lifestyle things or hobbies. And then there are people that very much are on it to follow the news and what's going on in politics. So certainly that has to come into play a little bit, but yeah, I, I do find it fascinating that, you know, obviously they are tracking and the user experience on these sites is clearly their primary focus right now. Yeah. And I think it will continue to be that way. Well, but I also think that Amazon has the same capability, right? Because we've seen, and you and I talked about this because we had a conversation about some changes that we're seeing in Amazon that we want to elaborate on. We talked about this yesterday, that Amazon is becoming more, they're they're spending more time funneling, I guess, is for, for lack of a better way to put it, or we are being intentionally ushered through one door or another, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, to some degree, I can completely understand why, because you and I have chatted before about how Amazon, it's not completely rectified. I don't think it'll ever be, but it is, it was getting pretty chaotic using it to shop for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just so many one-off brands that are not based in the U.S. anymore that are making replicas of known brand. And it's just, it got so 
it just wasn't fun to shop on it anymore like it used to be because there was just so much filtering you had to do and decision-making and reading through all the fine details. And I think it is smart for Amazon to create a system that better guides users and shoppers to products that Amazon feels are more of a sure thing. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that now they have warehouses all over the place Mm -hmm. and they're promised to deliver, you know, they have like, you can get it delivered by four o'clock today. If you order by whatever time, um, they're also intentionally ushering people into product that they have stocked in local warehouses, local to the consumer as well. Um, but one of the things, and one of the reasons that this came up is this is a pending change on the Amazon. I don't know when they're going to roll it out. They may be rolling it out incrementally. I have been doing a lot of teaching. For some reason, July was a very awesome, busy teaching month. I taught for the in-person conference for RWA, which is great. I taught um, over the weekend for contemporary romance writers. And always before I go on stage, I update my PowerPoint because the topics that I talk about change a lot. And and not necessarily change in in terms of tactical, what you're going to do, but statistics change, things like that. So I always like to go in and refresh them and get new screenshots, especially when I'm teaching about Amazon. So I'm taking screenshots of how to find categories on Amazon. And I noticed that it's going to be a little bit hard to explain in the podcast, so I'll do my best. But when you click, when you go to the Kindle store and you click on categories at the top, and let's say you scroll down to mystery or romance or whatever the whatever the genre is, it could be nonfiction. Um, another window pops up and it says, you know, okay, you know, let's dig deeper basically, right? That's not the exact verbiage, but, and then you click on, so let's say I clicked on romance, for example. Do you want romantic suspense? Do you want contemporary romance? Do you want small town? And the choices were actually, and Amy, I sent you that screenshot because now you can't find it on Amazon anymore. The choices were actually fairly robust, right? Yeah, it was pretty impressive that the different tropes and everything that they had accounted for. Right, right. And then if you clicked on, so let's say you clicked on contemporary romance, then another window pops up and it says, let's dig even deeper, right? So now you have to pick the kind of small town romance that you want, whether you want one of the ones, and this is maybe just a mistake because Amazon was clearly testing it because as I pointed out to you yesterday when we did a, a, a screen share of this, they had sci-fi romance, and then they had Alan romance, which I think they meant to say alien romance. Because I, I asked Amy, I'm like, is Alan romance now a new trope? I don't really I know. Props to all the Alans out there. Apparently, it's depressing. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on anymore. So, and that dropped down. And then I didn't click any further than that. Because, again, I was a little bit surprised that this was, that this popped up. And I grabbed my screenshots and taught my class and found out later on Monday, actually, that when I went back to kind of dig into this a little bit deeper, that they were actually beta testing this. So I just happened to be on there, you know, at the right time, I guess. But I think that what, this is an example of Amazon funneling. And this is an example of why you have to make sure to be very intentional about picking the right 
genre because anybody who's fence straddling between, well, maybe I'm this and maybe I'm that is never going to get picked in any of these new drop down, find mm-hmm. your focus, um, this new search dynamic that Amazon's going to be on uh, unrolling soon, right? Yeah, that that is a very it's it's so interesting. But yes, if if you are not branding correctly, if you don't know who your market is, you know, you just really have to be prepared when you land on Amazon and you can't just wing it anymore and and assume people are going to find you. It's already hard enough as it is, but now with this new process that Amazon's going to be using, you know, they are ushering shoppers, readers to these categories and these subcategories and these particular tropes that they know are doing well mm-hmm. and that people are responding to. And then the books in those categories are doing well. You know what I mean? They've got so many reasons to do that. And it's really fascinating, but it is going to make it a lot harder for books that don't fit a certain mold to kind of rise to the top and get seen. Yeah. It absolutely is. And this is why, you know, I know that we live in a world that says, oh, you know, be who you need to be and all that. And all that is great. But when it comes to succeeding on Amazon, you really do have to fit into a particular mold, as Amy said. I mean, winging it isn't isn't going to, it isn't going to get you the kind of visibility. So that's one of the things that we have seen. I don't know when Amazon's going to roll this out, but I would imagine that it's probably not too far off in the in the future. Um, but this also speaks to because I was actually taking screenshots for the for the PowerPoint for the conversation of how to update your categories. This is where the new categories also fits into it. So Amazon Amazon got more decisive about the categories. They said, you know, you can't do ten; you have to do three, and you have to pick them on the back end so that we cut down staff time, basically. Mm-hmm. But now these categories are also going to feed into. Um, the new category update. So it's all really about, I know we keep using the word ushering, but it seems like the best descriptor of what Amazon's doing. They really are ushering you into one lane or another. Yeah. I mean, I can see why though. They want to get people in front of books that make Amazon look good, that are getting great reviews. You know what I mean? Because that does enhance the user experience, not having to sift through you know, thousands and thousands. I mean, nobody spends that long, but you know what I mean? There are so many titles up there that, and a lot of authors manage to go rogue without getting caught by Amazon. We've done shows on this, you know, and mentioned it on shows in the past that, you know, these books that land where they're not supposed to. And I think this is another way for Amazon to cut down on that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. And I also think that it's a little bit ironic that Amazon is changing or maybe not changing the algorithm, but enhancing the way that consumers search right on the heels of Google basically doing the same thing, which we don't necessarily have to go down that road, but Google just changed how searches are showing up. And um, so they're changing their whole platform as well. And Amazon is now Amazon's now following suit. So it is worth paying attention to. As an aside, the category update. Um, the categories, and I think we talked about this on our prior show that we did exclusively on Amazon categories. The categories are still, they're, they're basically the same. It's just that you have to upload them through KDP. So I have seen no change really in the level of create, creativity that you can 
dig into within these categories. I mean, Amy, have you, would you agree? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've actually liked the new process a lot. I think it's, yeah, I've really liked it. I think the past, I mean, yes, it was, it was definitely nice having more options, but I do think the prior process was clunky. Um, And I, I do think I support authors learning how to successfully manage their own accounts and platforms. And we've, we've always been big on that pushing authors to like, no, these are important skills for you to have. So I do think this, this new direction that Amazon's going in with having authors get into their accounts, learn how to make their own category selections, things like that. I think it's great in terms of having a savvier, you know, author network as well, which I'm always a big fan of because I, I love working with clients that feel confident managing some of their own stuff, because I know how scary that can be, especially as a brand new author and feeling like you have to learn 8 million new things. But but understanding how to manage and manipulate Amazon to work in your favor is something that I think every author should feel confident doing. Yeah. And, you know, I will say that I teach, like I said, I've been teaching a lot in July and it's interesting, the confidence level between the author who is really willing to dig in and learn all the things versus the author that says, I don't know how to do anything and I feel really lost. And um, that's not, that that's not a way to be successful. I mean, I think you have to be willing to dig in and make some mistakes and we've made them on it. You know, we had, I've made certainly made them on Amazon doing searches and not mm-hmm. making the right thing and stuff like that. I mean, that's really, that's how you learn. But yeah, to Amy's point, you really have to, you don't have to become an Amazon geek, but you really got to spend the time knowing that platform. If you're, if you want to be successful in that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things that I want to mention before I let everybody go, uh, Bookstat, which is a new bestseller list. We haven't had a new bestseller list in a long time. Um, is publishing a monthly, which hopefully they'll go to weekly, but for right now they're publishing a monthly bestseller list. Already two independent titles have hit that list. Um, and I'm a big fan. I mean, I think we need... And, you know, we need a bestseller list that levels the playing field for everyone. And we'll certainly put the link in the show notes. Right now, it's on, um, I think you can see it. They, they published a LinkedIn, but it's called Books. You can go to bookstat.com, but we'll post the link over to LinkedIn so you can see where the um, where the, the bestseller list is. It's just something interesting to kind of keep in mind. I'm not sure where it's going. I know that it started... Um, with the author earnings site, which has, which gets cited a lot by bloggers in terms of um, publishing statistics, et cetera. And now it's morphed into Bookstat, which is a bestseller list, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, I think, you know, we need to, it's kind of fun to see who's, um, who's on the list and hopefully they'll start doing it more, uh, more frequently. Yeah, I agree. That's really exciting. Isn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other day I sent Amy a note <laughs> and I said, and I said, Hey, um, I grabbed my username on threads, which is the new Facebook, Instagram version of Twitter. <laughs> and I asked Amy, who's our resident social media expert. I said, Amy, do you think that we should start posting on threads? And Amy said, 
No. <laughs> I, I said it in more words than that. It was interesting, though. I couldn't believe, and I should have grabbed the exact stats, but obviously they broke records in terms of the number of signups for a social media platform. I did see that. But then it was something staggering, like within a week, uh, user activity had dropped by something astronomical, like 60% or something wild. Because then I was reading about why and kind of the opinions so far, just trying to figure out like, okay, is this the right time and place and things like that? But it's pretty clunky and and very bare bones. I'm honestly just a little confused as to why they released this when they did. I mean, I get it other than, you know, the Zuckerberg Elon stuff, like, but I'm just shocked at how boring it is that they came out. Yeah. You know, I was just like, wow. I mean, no hashtags. It's just weird. It's weird. I don't get it. Yeah. It's weird. And you can't, you can't search on it. It doesn't have a lot of, it does not have a lot of features, which kind of defeats the purpose of it being, um, you know the anti-Twitter site. I just think that I, I think that it would have been a lot more fun to watch the cage match between Elon and Zuck. I mean, I would have had much more fun than launching, than launching another new social media site. I mean, you know, who knows, maybe threads will at some point take off once it has more functionality and whatnot. Um, but it, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's funny because I was listening to a podcast on this and it's a little bit like meta, like when Google renamed it i'm sorry when face i keep saying the word google like why is that uh um, i have google on the brain when facebook renamed itself to meta and nobody calls it meta everybody calls it facebook still um it's really hard to it, it's it's hard to launch a platform when we have so many platforms right now for sharing and it's just a know, big little finger platform it's like it's not that exciting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's so, so if they had had a cage match, which I really hope that they still do, who do you think would have won? Oh, I think Elon for sure. I think this is, you know, the way I look at it, it's like, right. Elon's got a massive ego. And I think there is zero sense of like self-doubt in that man. Like it doesn't exist. I think Zuckerberg has an ego, but I think he's very insecure. So I think on that alone, I mean, this is my very professional opinion on cage fighting, of course. So (laughs) and what qualifies, but yeah, I, I, I would, I would go for Elon just, just based on that internal, you know, drive and ego alone. Well, I think it would certainly would have been fun to watch. And, you know, as we always say, you don't necessarily have to be on every social media portal, be everywhere that matters. I went over there just to grab my username and now I'll just kind of leave it dormant and see what happens. I think grabbing your username is fine and, and we'll see where threads goes, if it goes anywhere at all. But yeah, that's a good point, Penny. We, I think that's something that every author should do. If you're already on one social media platform, try to grab the same username and handle across the board, even if you're not using them, just so they're there. Yeah. And, you know, we've had clients before where we've, you know, counseled them on moving platforms and, and, you know, essentially saying like, if they're moving from Facebook to Instagram, putting up, pinning a post that lets everybody know, you know, come find me, you know, you can push people from certain platforms to the one that you're mostly at. And that's a good way to utilize them too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. I think that is, I think that's a great idea. So I grabbed my username and then we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens, but hopefully, hopefully the cage match is still in the offering because that would be hilarious. I know we may, we may have to live record a show as we watch that. I know that would be amazing. (laughs) Thank you all so much for tuning in. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell, and we look forward to having you on our next, uh, having you listen to our next podcast. We love a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we always welcome your show notes, our contact information. We always welcome your um, ideas, our contact information, the show notes. I apparently made more coffee today. (laughs) Thank you all so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.